What is your child's attitude about work? Not great? This is the Homeschool Sanity Show, the episode where we discuss the truth that can make all the difference in their attitude about work and ours. I'm Dr. Melanie Wilson, Christian psychologist turned homeschool mom and curriculum author. And this is the podcast helping you wave goodbye to worry and say hello to a happy homeschool. Hey, homeschoolers. Before we dive into the topic, I want to thank CTC Math for sponsoring this episode of the Homeschool Sanity Show. Are you looking for a new math curriculum? CTC Math specializes in providing online video tutorials that take a multi-sensory approach to learning. Favorably reviewed in Kathy Duffy's 102 Top Picks and the Old School House Crew Review, the lessons are short and concise to help your children break down concepts and appreciate math in a whole new way. The lessons are taught the traditional way, not to a test. Each one of the video tutorials is taught by an internationally acclaimed teacher, Pat Murray, who is renowned for teaching math concepts in a simple, easy to understand way and in only a few minutes at a time. CTC Math uses a multi-sensory approach of effective graphics and animation synchronized with the voice of a friendly teacher together with practical assessment. This three-pronged attack makes learning so much easier and more effective. Even students who struggled with math are getting fantastic results. And those who are doing just okay are now doing brilliantly. Visit ctcmath.com today to start your free trial. Most of us want our kids to be diligent with good attitudes. While we can and should train our children with this goal in mind, my guest today seeks to inspire kids toward this end with biblical truth. He is the author of the rhyming picture book, The Creator in You, that is getting rave reviews. He is also the author of the national bestseller, Redeeming Your Time, that I discussed on a previous episode. Jordan is host of the Call to Mastery podcast and writes a weekly devotional called The Word Before Work that has been read by millions around the world. He lives near Tampa, Florida with his wife and their three daughters. I hope you enjoy our chat as much as I did. Jordan, thank you so much for joining me here on the Homeschool Sanity Show. I am hoping that we can start things off by having you introduce yourself to my listeners and tell us a little bit about your family as well. Uh, yeah, Melanie, it's a joy to be with you. You know, my mission in life is to help Christians respond to what I think is this radical um, and yet deeply biblical truth that what we do as we work matters for eternity. And so for the past five years, I've been creating a lot of content around that core message, mostly in the form of podcasts and nonfiction books like Redeeming Your Time, which I know you've talked about here on the podcast. But as a dad uh, with three kids, I got three daughters all under the age of seven. Um, I've just been thinking more and more about how do I get my kids to grasp this now? Because I didn't get it until I was, I don't know, 
27, 28. So how can I get it to them now when they're five and six and seven? And that was really the impetus for this latest project, this picture book uh, called The Creator and You. I want my kids and the kids in the lives of your listeners to see that before God told us that he is loving or holy or omnipotent, he tells us that he is a God who creates and works. Because I think when our kids get that, man, they're going to view their current and their future work with God-ordained purpose and joy. Well, I love that. We're all about that as homeschooling parents. Yeah. And what you just said right there, I want to dive a little bit deeper into that because in the first lines of your book, The Creator in You, you say, in the very beginning, a long time ago, God created the world so that we would all know that he himself is a working God, though you might think that sounds just a little bit odd. And I have to agree, it does sound a little bit odd, <laughs> but why do you think that is for yeah, us to... Yeah, have react yeah, that way. You know, it's so funny that it sounds odd because the writers of Scripture use these words to describe God. Not in Genesis 1, but flip the page to Genesis 2, and Moses writes that God rested from the work he had been doing. Mm -hmm. And in Genesis 1, while God works with his words, just speaking things into existence, in Genesis 2, he works with his hands. He planted a garden in the east. And I think it feels odd to think about God working simply because we never, ever talk about it. We don't preach about mm -hmm. it. We don't sing about it, right? Our sermons and our songs focus exclusively on God's love and his grace and his mercy. And of course, he's all those things. But it's worth noting, it's worth really sitting and dwelling upon the fact that, as I said before, the very first thing he wanted us to know about himself is that he's a God who makes stuff that is <laughs> foundational to who he is and thus who we are as his image bearers we know genesis 1 26 god says that he's going to create us in his image up until verse 26 we only know one thing about the character of god he's a god who creates right so naturally mm -hmm. that should be deeply ingrained in our dna because it's central to who god is and you know as a christian I find that this is one of the things that makes Christianity the most winsome and appealing to me because no other religion claims that their gods work. Every other religion in the history of mankind has said that the gods created human beings to work and serve the gods. Only Yahweh, only the God of the Bible starts this story with him rolling up his sleeves and working to serve us. That's radical hmm. and gives great right. dignity to the work we all do right now right that is for sure so i loved that you kind of made the transition there for me because you talked about the work that we do right now so yeah. how can we compare god's work with yeah. our work yeah what's the difference or is it very similar yeah it's a great question right i think when we look at scripture we see that god's work is both like and totally unlike ours. Genesis 1-2 tells us that the earth was formless and void. God simply spoke, let there be light, and there was light. I don't know about you, but I've never spoken anything into existence, right? This is totally, <laughs> God is the only being who creates out of nothing, right? I say in the book, with just a few words, he made creatures appear, like polar bears, penguins, alpacas, and deer. 
but he also creates out of something. You know, again, in Genesis 2, it says that God planted a garden in the east. He took the dust and used his hands to form and mold Adam. So, yes, God alone creates with his words, but he also creates with his hands like we do today. And, you know, it's interesting. Uh, the Hebrew word used to describe God working in Genesis 2 is this word called malakov, which is exactly the same word used to describe human work throughout the Old Testament. What's the point? I, I think the scripture, the writers of scripture wanted us to see our work in God's work because to work and create is to reflect God's image and his greatness to the world. Mm, that is so good. And so what does that mean for our kids yeah. that God is a working God? Yeah. Yeah, I think I, I'll, I'll, I'll just say two things. You know, number one, hopefully by viewing God as the source of all creativity and work, it leads them to worship while they create and they work. You know, so many messages that our kids hear today is about how awesome they are. Very few messages are about the awesomeness of God. And so when they ace a test at school or they build an epic Lego set or color a beautiful picture, they're told, wow, kid, you're so awesome and creative. Mm. But when we understand that God himself works and he's the source of all that, I think it helps our kids ascribe credit and worship and praise where credit is due. It helps them deflect glory. Um, my six-year-old Kate does this all the time. She will frequently paint uh, a painting or color a picture and she'll hold it up and she'll say, look, dad, I'm creative because God's creative. That's worship, right? So what mm -hmm. happens when our kids see God working? I think first it leads them to worship while they create and work. And I think secondly, hopefully it leads them to work in God's image. You know, we're teaching our kids in discipleship in our in our homes and in our, our, our classrooms and our churches that we are to be conformed into the image of God. But most of our talk there centers on the quote-unquote spiritual life. It doesn't apply to work. But if God himself worked, okay, now we can start to look at his example for how we ought to work in the present to best reflect his image to the world. We work hard because God works hard. He works six days, he rests in one. We work with excellence because look outside your window, God creates with excellence. We work with quote-unquote needless, purposeless, excessive beauty because God creates with extravagant beauty. So it gives us a baseline to say, okay, great. I got this work to do in this world. I know God's a worker. I'm made in his image. How should I work? Let's go to scriptures of the blueprint for how to do that. That's excellent. And you really made me think about another idea that we tend to hold on to in our culture, which is, there is really one main way that we can be working yeah. for God. Yeah. And that is if we're a pastor, we're working in the church, yeah. or we're a missionary. Yeah. How does your book dispel <laughs> that really myth? It's a myth, yeah. isn't it? Yeah. Oh, Melanie, you're going to get me up on my favorite soapbox. I apologize <laughs> if I start preaching here. Listen, this book, this epic picture book trust me this is not a cute picture book the the artwork that i had nothing to do with is gorgeous it's epic uh it reminds kids that the great commission as important as it is was not the first 
commission. The first commission that God assigned to us was just to fill and create and subdue and rule over the world in accordance with his law and his commands. And oh, by the way, contrary to what the uh, Western church is preaching these days, God never once retracted that first commission. Nowhere in scripture does God say, hey, remember what I said about filling the earth? Scratch that. The only thing that matters is saving souls, right? Uh, Genesis, Genesis 9 is the perfect example of this. After the flood, uh, God's in, in some of God's first words to know, what does he tell him after he floods the earth and starts over? He says, be fruitful and fill the earth. He's reissuing the first commission. And I believe that in this next generation, it is going to be through our kids creating art, re-embracing that first commission to create art and businesses and films and other acts of culture that's going to lead to be us to us being the most successful at the Great Commission. Because our kids are growing up with the largest generation of unchurched kids in in American history ever. These kids aren't going to walk into the four walls of a church for the four, for the first time in order to hear about God and who He is. So where are they going to learn about God? They're going to learn about God's character in film, in business, working alongside of our kids in corporate America. So it is through the marriage of the first commission that we, and the great commission that we're going to be the most successful at that great commission for the foreseeable future. Well, that is, I think, really exciting um, to think about it that way, um, that, you know, we we are marrying those two commissions, yeah. as you say. Um, and so you have me thinking about when our kids talk about what they want to be yeah. when they grow up. So how does <laughs> what you were just sharing, yeah. how does that impact how our kids view that career yeah. future for themselves? Yeah, it's a great question. You know, I. It, I, my, my prayer is that this picture book, The Creator and You, vastly expands the horizons of what type of work honors and glorifies God, right? This book is essentially a three-act drama that you can read in three minutes, right? Act one, God works, he creates. Act two, he passes the baton of creation to us. The sixth day was not the end of creation. It was just the beginning. He passed it to us to go fill this earth. And then act three is watching these kids create in response to that first commission. And in one page towards the end of the book, it says, create new businesses and movies, medicine and hope, make laws or computers or a new telescope. Because when you work or you make something new, you are doing what God has made you to do. This is Genesis 1, 26 through 28. You are showing the world what your father is like, a God who creates to bring people to light. And when you show others the creator in you, you bring joy to the world and to your father too. So my my dream for this book and for the rest of my work is that kids would grow up in elementary school, they would graduate high school and college, and they would see careers as programmers and pastors and parents and plumbers as equally capable of glorifying God and advancing his kingdom in this world. Uh, I love that. And I also love that you say that you know the sixth day wasn't the end but the beginning as you just mentioned but i'm curious to know why you think god invites us to create with him why doesn't he just do all of it and then just let us enjoy it it's astounding 
It doesn't make sense, right? And scripture doesn't tell us why he does this, right? God could have created everything in six days. He could have created it in one day for that matter, right? But he didn't. And, you know, it's interesting. I think you see the same thing at the resurrection. You know, we, we, we tend to read the Bible as um, a series of endings when, in fact, the Bible speaks so loudly about beginnings. Yeah, the resurrection, God could have inaugurated his kingdom. He could have implemented the kingdom in full on Easter Sunday. He didn't. And then we see the exact same thing in Genesis 1. Why? Why did God choose to create with us? I don't know. Here's my guess. Um, because he's our father and every parent wants to work and live and do life alongside their children, right? A, a couple weeks ago, um, <clears throat> I was gr- I was about to grind some coffee beans in my kitchen and my seven-year-old Ellison walked in and asked if she could help. Uh, now, Melanie, you've read Redeeming Your Time. You know I put the A in type A. I hate messes. <laughs> I hate inefficiencies, right? So I know saying yes to my daughter's request is going to ensure that grinding the coffee beans takes a lot longer. It's going to make a much bigger mess. But guess what? Of course I invited her to work alongside me because she's my kid. And I want to spend time mm. with my kid. So why mm. did God invite us to create with him? I, that's my best guess. That's what I've got, yeah. right? I right. think it's because he loves his children and wants us to not just do work for him, but do our work and live our lives with him, abiding in him, communing with him every minute of every day. Mm, that's so good. Unfortunately, though, as a parent who um, has asked my kids to do chores and be (laughs) (laughs) part of the work of our home and to work with me and also just talking to a number of adults who um, don't like their jobs they don't like the work that they do what hope and encouragement does scripture offer both to our chore reluctant kids yeah. <laughs> and to adults who are not loving work right now yeah it's a great question you know the, the this book the creator and you is reminding parents frankly and kids that hey work existed prior to the fall work was good work was worship sin messed all that up right but that the mistake we make is we think work is the curse work is cursed but it is not the curse. That's a massive difference. And the way that we know that is when you look to the redemption of all things. When Christ comes to make everything new on a redeemed earth, a new earth, work is present once again. Isaiah says this, Isaiah 65, we think of heaven as either an eternal vacation in the clouds or an eternal <laughs> worship service. That is not a biblical vision of eternity. Isaiah 65 says, my chosen ones will build houses and dwell in them. They will plant vineyards and eat their fruit. As For as the days of a tree, so will be the days of my people. My chosen ones will long enjoy the work of their hands. It's Isaiah 65, verse 23. So you hate your chores. You hate your homework. You hate your job. Listen. Number one, we still got to work heartily at it as unto the Lord, Colossians 3, 3.23, knowing that there's a reward attached to that. See Colossians 3.24. But we also have the hope that one day you're going to love doing all those things. You're going to do all those things with joy because the curse is gone. It's no longer arduous and you're going to be working alongside Jesus the King. Right. And 
I really, I bet you're the same way, Jordan. I love my work. Yeah. I I really do. And I'm I'm not the kind of person who um, can't take a vacation, yeah. can't take a break. Yeah. But I get so much joy yes. <laughs> from working. Totally. But do you have any other suggestions for us besides purchasing yeah. your amazing book <laughs> to um, to that we can share as parents yeah. with our kids to help them see the purpose yeah. in their work and have enthusiasm for yeah. it. I'll gi- uh, yeah, I'll give you something real practical I do every night with our kids. Um, so every night around the dinner table, we play two truths and one lie. And everybody, everybody's got to play. Because if I just ask my kids, what'd you do today? They'll be like, nothing. It was boring, whatever. But if you make it a game, oh, they're all in. They're telling me all about their day. And here's what I do. When it's my turn, I make sure that one of those truths or a lie is about something positive about work. Because our kids hear so many negatives about this. They hear, thank God it's Friday. They hear, uh, you know, mom or dad saying, I can't wait for the weekend. But I'll say something like, oh, girls, I got to meet this amazing woman named Melanie today. And it was, <laughs> it was a, I, I, yeah, I got to record this podcast with Melanie. It was so much fun, right? And then when they guess what it is, I'll talk about it. Like, hey, guys, when I go upstairs to go to work, I'm not just going to put, uh, so, so that we could, earn money and put food on your plates i'm going because my work helps people and your work is going to help people one day right so Mm. maybe you're not a writer maybe you're not doing podcasting but you can come to your kids and say hey mommy made a killer sales presentation today and it felt really really good or uh guys dad um fixed a problem for a customer today and they sent me a really nice thank you note get creative with Mm. it make it a game play two truths on live but we got to talk about this stuff in a positive light, not just the hard things about work, but the good things God is doing in and through us to love our neighbors as ourselves through our vocations. Well, that is fantastic. And you're going to want to get a copy of Jordan's picture book, The Creator in You. I'm a huge picture book fan for yeah. people of all ages. I was going to say, is it wonderful. okay that grown-ups <laughs> buy picture books? Because yes! I do this all the time. Well, what I was going to say is that I had a look at the reviews that you have gotten on Amazon. They are so glowing. (laughs) They love everything about it. They love the illustrations. They love the message. I read one woman said she was reading it aloud to her husband, and she had tears in her eyes, and she felt a little funny about that a little bit embarrassed and then she saw her husband had tears in his eyes um and so many people saying this book is appropriate for people of all ages so i highly recommend that you pick up a copy um and also i would say uh, because my kids are um 16 to 26 um i would like to have a copy of it for my grandkids one day and um, so where can people get it besides Amazon? Yeah, you can get it on Amazon. We got a bunch of other retailers. You can grab it at, at jordanrainer.com. That's J-O-R-D-A-N-R-A-Y-N-O-R.com. And if you go to jordanrainer.com slash kids, we have a free five-day devotional that goes alongside the book that's meant to be read with your kids. It's kid-accessible language. I tested it on my seven-year-old and my six-year-old. It worked, right? They loved it. Uh, so go there. You can get that even if you don't buy the book. Just go to jordanrunner.com slash kids, uh, get the devotional. But 
I, I'm so glad you mentioned Melanie that adults are weeping over this book because <laughs> we told we told my publisher at the beginning as I like, listen, this needs to be a Pixar movie. It's got to make five year olds smile and fifty five year olds weep, right? And uh, our <laughs> illustrator Jonathan David is really the one responsible for it, knocked it out of the park. Mm. So uh, gift it for all ages. Wow. So fantastic. And tell us again about yeah. your podcast. You actually have yeah. two podcasts, don't you? Yeah. Uh, yeah. yeah. Okay. Well, technically we got three. We got a lot. So oh, Mar- Mark, wow. uh, Mark Batterson and I co-released a podcast called Redeem the Day. It's a seven-episode limited series based on my book, Redeeming Your Time. Uh, I have a weekly devotional podcast called The Word Before Work. It's five minutes just helping you connect God's word to whatever it is you're doing vocationally. And then finally, uh, kind of the flagship podcast is the Mere Christians podcast, where every week I bring on a guest to talk about how does the gospel shape the work of mere Christians in the world. Those of us who aren't pastors or religious professionals, but are just working as parents or entrepreneurs or marketers or plumbers, whatever it is, it's a really, really fun show. Uh, well, I have enjoyed it. I have not listened to the Redeem, Redeem Your Day. Redeem the Day. Yeah. Redeem the Day. Yeah. I am going to be all about that now. Yeah. <laughs> well, Jordan, thank you so much for taking some of your very precious time away from uh, other work and your family to share with us today. I so appreciate it. Truly my pleasure. Thanks for having me, Melanie. To find a link to Jordan's book and to connect with him online, visit the show notes page at homeschoolsanity.com slash work. Thanks again to CTC Math for sponsoring the podcast. Have a happy homeschool week. Thank you for joining me on the journey to homeschool sanity. I would love to continue the conversation. You can find me on social media at homeschool sanity. And if you haven't heard it lately, let me remind you, you're doing a great job. This has been a production of the Ultimate Homeschool Radio Network.